to the tongue, teeth and lips. Unique New York. Unique New York. Now, now, brown cow. Yellow leather, red leather. Yellow leather, <laughs> red leather. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It gives you like a cool radio host look. Yeah, and also my unbuttoned shirt. Have we started? Is this the start? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, that's how it always doing? is. We haven't yeah. said anything inappropriate, so I think we could start no. it. We can start it a while yeah. ago. We'll find We're a here somewhere in here <laughs> where we started, I guess. Um, hey, Max. Hey, Sam. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Pretty good. It's been a while since we've done one of these old fields of works. Yeah, what is this again? This is, uh, uh, wow, brain broke for a second there. It's a podcast okay. uh, where two brothers who love each other very much talk about uh, their uh-huh. <laughs> that wow. sucked that in there. That's wow. sweet. Uh, we talk about work. We talk about food. We talk about microphones. Um, but specifically, I talk about uh, organic farming mostly. And what do you talk about? Yeah, you know, you tell me. What do I talk about? <laughs> well, come on, that's not fair. We've done this before, way back in the day, I think. Uh, you talk about, talk about you talk organizations, about, consulting. Yeah, Sam talks. Sam talks life. about about work. He travels to cool places. Sometimes he doesn't get to travel there because the plane doesn't take off. I think that um, happened after our last episode. So I might need to bring yeah. us up to speed on that. I think we had kind of. It's been about a month ish, yep. at least. And yeah, it's the last time we chatted. May May 21st, episode 66, all slimed up. We went on all sorts of adventures. I did triathlon. I talked about a super secret Washington, (laughs) D.C. social club. I went to New Zealand. And then you you talked primarily about intricate irrigation strategies. (laughs) Look at us. Farming has become a video game. Uh, That was a little reversal there. Look at me. I'm coming at you with the strategies and kind of the... the, Listen to that. That sounded like I talked about the boring stuff that episode. I think you. I think you did. <laughs> yeah, you know, people love nuance on that irrigation system. So, um, yeah. just, just trying it out for a bit and see what people thought of it. It was a. It was a Sam. It was a Sam episode because you had been doing fun, exciting things. Um, it was a Sam episode, as we call them. Max, do you mm-hmm. have a check-in question? <laughs> I've, I've got nothing. So, come on, man, come up with one. Just search that little brain of yours. Find us a check-in question. Um. I just want to check in with my brother. I'm not going to do a goofy one. Um, okay, cool, cool, I'm, not, cool. I'm, I'm not about to get like emotional or anything. Don't worry. We don't do that either. But cool. <laughs> not on this cool. podcast. What are, you, uh, what are you guys watching over there these days? I feel like you and Emily always got something going or you got a personal thing going. Emily and I, we've been real slow on watching TV. Uh, for a long time, it was because of her dissertation. She has finished that. But we don't really have a rhythm of watching much TV nowadays. Uh, we mostly read together a lot, which is cool and, and uh, my preference. However, we're pretty excited about season two of Prehistoric Planet. You know what that is? I don't. Break it down for me. Is this a Blue it's, Planet um, thing? But it's a it's a documentary um, as if dinosaurs were alive, and it was just like an animal documentary. David Attenborough is the uh, kitten, the narrator. The CGI is incredible. You get to see dinos. Uh, season one was great. And season two just came out. So we've been slowly working through that. That's our together show right now. Uh, do you know T-Rexes could swim? No, but that's hilarious. 
Yeah. Those little alarms. They got flip. Well, Maybe their I heads don't float. Think the f- yeah, I don't think their f- their little arms were doing a whole lot. I think it's primarily yeah. a tail and hind leg situation. <laughs> I don't think I don't there's think a body. A dinosaur doing like freestyle with this tiny little, little arm just windmilling around. <laughs> I'm just saying it's how we swim. So therefore, I thought a lot of the arms would be involved. But that makes more sense what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I'm watching solo, I just finished the first and I think only season so far of The Peripheral on Amazon. Are you familiar with that at all? Science Sounds fiction. sci-fi. Yep. It is science fiction. <laughs> it's based on a book by William Gibson of the same name. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I, pretty good. Pretty liked it. Did you did you watch The Expanse? Were you an Expanse guy? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I never finished it, but I need to get back into it because I've read all the books and I was yeah, enjoying no, the show the quite show a bit. Was so surprisingly good. I liked it was, the show yeah. and I liked the books, which is kind That's of rare. Pretty, I feel like, yeah, it's pretty rare. What about you? What are you guys watching? Oh, show wise, we oh, wrapped and up. Also, The Witcher just came back, so I'm sure Emily and I will watch that. Although we have mixed feelings because there's all sorts of stuff going on with that. With what's his name leaving as Geralt. Uh, because yeah, Cavill, yeah, Cavill, who is born to play that role, but he's yeah. like, leaving the show because of creative differences and stuff. So I'm anticipating this being maybe my last season that I watch. If if, if Cavill is not going to be walking around shirtless as Geralt, I don't want to watch. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's, I think you're not alone in that. What, so he's is he entirely in this season? Like this is a uh, so. him season? Okay, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, do you guys, I mean, yeah, I'm sure, I can't believe we haven't watched that in this household because Kira's love for Henry Cavill goes deep. Um, oh, it's like her biggest yeah. celebrity crush, one of, her, one of her top celebrity crushes. It's the fact that we haven't sat and watched. I think I saw the first season of The Witcher. I remember being very, very confused, mostly. Um, yeah. I think it was my general feeling. We're like episode, first couple episodes are really confusing because there's all these separate storylines and then they somewhat get knit together. I remember yeah. season two also being confused and it not knitting together all that great. <laughs> So we'll see. Well, the trajectory has not been good, but season one was pretty great. Um, we've been watching. Let's see. We wrapped up season three of Ted Lasso. Um, we enjoyed that. that. Nice. It was, you know, it was good. It was wholesome. I think they, there were a couple episodes where I'm like, man, they're just really trying to hit you in the feelings for the whole like final 15, 20 minutes. You know, they used to always kind of get you a little bit in the last five, 10. I feel like the last couple episodes of season three, they really, uh, carried that out and wrapped it up in a pretty good way and what I would expect them to be able to do. Um, You know, I don't think it was perfect or anything, but I'm also, I don't know how I would have written it. So I think I'm just sad it's over. Um, We're slowly watching Outlander together. That's a lot of, lot of seasons. Um, Good, a good, a good show, a good historical fiction, but with time travel aspects to it. Um, It's been, it's been out for a long time. And then we're trying to decide what our next show is. I think uh, it might be Jury Duty. Everyone else has already seen it but and talked about it. But we might watch Jury Duty because everyone talked it up so much. And I people at the farm keep telling me. Is. What? You're kidding, right? No, I don't. I'm not kidding. You don't, you don't listen to podcasts anymore, right? Is that why? I, listen, I listen to some podcasts. <laughs> not any podcast where they've talked about the show, apparently. I think – I feel like it just took kind of the 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 world by storm for a short period, which Not is my it's world. a yeah. Well, I mean, your world's small, Sam. <laughs> That's true. That was mine. Uh, yeah, it's a show where um, it gives off huge like office vibes. But what it is is uh, everyone on this show is an actor, and it is um, decently scripted. 
Uh, it's uh, a show where there's jury duty going on and they're following one guy who is not an actor who thinks that they're filming this documentary essentially about the jury duty process. So he has no idea all this is going on. Everyone else is an actor. Um, and James Marsden is in it playing himself because um, it's in L.A. And he kind of just plays himself as like, you know, he has to be here for jury duty. And there's some crazy behind the scenes of how they pulled it off. And like when the guy would get suspicious, they would run. They would do an entire eight hour day of like boring ass procedural, like to get him off their trail. And he'd be like, OK, and he's like, this is all too crazy. There's no way this is like actually happening. And then they would kind of hit him with the boring stuff and they would bring him back in and um that's the premise of like the whole the whole show everyone people very much loved it there's a lot of like little interviews with him uh and then also with like all of the actors and it that's what gives it like the office vibe is a lot of like one-on-one talking to the camera um it's very funny it's bizarre we're like (laughs) i think we're literally one episode in um but it is very very funny that's sorry mozzie Mozzie's losing his mind over here in the hallway. Uh, he stole the rug from the bathroom. <laughs> and classic Mozzie. Classic. So, yeah, I think that might be our next watch. Uh, last night we did watch Paddington because I'd never seen Paddington. Shout out to Paddington. That bear. Uh, that bear. The bear with the hat and the little toggle jacket. I heard that movie is surprisingly good. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones that people were probably writing off as like a bad children's movie. And then it got yeah. a bunch of adults in the feelings and uh, people really liked it. So... Uh, Paddington Two is in our future. <laughs> nice, but the whole that's Paddington pretty much universe. Yeah, people talk about the the PCU, the Paddington yeah. Cinematic Universe. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so we'll keep you updated. Then apparently, movie three is supposed to come out. Uh, you know, this year or the next two years. So <laughs> nice. You got to make sure you're up to speed. Yeah, yep. People are pin- exactly. It's thick with plot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's what we've been watching. All right. Cool. I'm sure there's other things I missed, but that's the main ones. All right. So, Max, it's been a month. What the hell (laughs) is going on on the old farm? Give me the high level of what has happened in the last month, anything that stands out as particularly neat or interesting, and then I may have some follow-up questions. (laughs) All right. Wow. Nice uh, nice little rubric there. It's Uh Things have been good. Um, You know, I think we'll have plenty of, wow, I'll tell some weather-related craziness that we've had going on, but that seems to be every year. Uh, on a grand scale, it's essentially like, you know, we are deep into our, like, summer production, which is to say, like, all of our, our sizable plantings are, are done. So our potato field is planted. Go ahead. I was going to say, you should walk us through, like, a typical day right now for you. I think that's the best way to give us a taste of, like, what is what does yeah. su- deep in the summer plantings mean? Um, I mean, for me, what did I do today? Today, I, uh, got to the farm. We do a farm wide, like, uh, get to the, to the farm. We're working in eight to five right now. Um, you got to the farm. We do like a little check-in, uh, that is either sometimes a question. There's three of them that are set like Monday, Wednesday, Friday are always the same check-in thing that we do as a group. Tuesday, Thursday are usually like, uh, we pull from a box where people have submitted them or, um, sometimes Today's was dance to Sandstorm by Darude for three minutes. So that three was, minutes? That was That's not eternity. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, it's a long time. There's many of these things that have been submitted where people start doing it. I'm like, oh, this is a really long time. 
One of them was someone, someone submitted a jump up and down for five minutes. You know how awful it is to jump up and down for five minutes? In the morning, too? In the morning. So, uh, we, you know, we did that. We checked in. And, you know, we're a crew. We're a farm of, like, 20-ish people right now. So, um, our week is always pre – the week before the um, – we have a couple people that are the owners who are kind of in charge of, like, splitting up the week's uh, – tasks and they're very general it'll be like you know harvest always happens well happens every day but certain level every day and that's how many crew members they get and then field production like me and the two other field managers you know we have our own work and sometimes we're allotted crew and sometimes we're not it's kind of like a push and pull based on what is needed more um so today there was a, a large uh harvest crew that was going out like pretty much the entire crew which left the three of us production managers kind of on our own uh, to check in and kind of figure out where we need to be for the week. So uh, do some office um, work while the plebes were out in the fields. Yeah. A lot of sitting around drinking coffees uh-huh. um, and just, you know, sitting there thinking about the farm. But uh, we were, uh, we've had a ton of rain recently. And so we hadn't really gotten to do all of like our field prep like we normally would, which for that means, you know, putting down compost for and putting down wood chips in the pathways and like getting the beds to be ready to be planted we always plant on wednesdays um all the transplants go in on wednesdays and ideally we would direct seed anything that we don't transplant by hand we would direct seed also on wednesdays which i think i've talked about is my job i'm the direct seed uh manager i'm doing the direct seeding um but yesterday we were short staffed because of air quality stuff which we'll get to um, so we were kind of spent the entire day transplanting yesterday. didn't get to do any of the bed prep and stuff needed for direct seeding. So there were, for context, I think there was 12 beds of direct seeded stuff to go in and none of it had been prepped, uh, fully yet. So John hopped on the tractor and laid compost on all of those beds for me to be able to plant. Uh, Sean and I, who's the other field manager kind of went around and we had to do a lot of, um, there were spots on the farm that were too wet to, for the wood chip spreader thing that we have that you pull behind a tractor to like get in there um, because it's a very heavy implement. So we were spreading wood chips by hand, which involved like, you know, one of us scooping wood chips with one of the other tractors and dumping it into wheelbarrows and kind of spreading it out into the pathways to, to finish off the beds. So um, we did a lot of stuff like that to kind of prep so that this afternoon um, I was able to plant like direct seed all 12 beds set up all the irrigation back what on them direct seeding today i seeded six oh, four beds of carrots um two beds of radishes two beds of like our salad mix that's like mostly mustard greens and then four beds of beets two beds of like beans like green beans um so that was kind of my whole planting the planting takes me like an hour and a half maybe depending on how much i'm switching between stuff um go out and fix all the irrigation lines because they all get moved when the tractor drives through. So I end up having to pull all those back in, set all the sprinklers back up and then flush the lines usually because crap gets in them. So I f- Cause I'm also the irrigation manager. So I flush all the lines, get all the sprinklers set back up. And then I split off and did do office work. I had to redesign all of the irrigation programs. Now that we just planted out 47 new beds this week. Um, it's a lot of new, sp- new sprinklers and stuff on. Yeah, it was a big week. So kind of, re-updated everything, changed it all up, go walk around and change all those little programs by hand at each field. Um, and that was kind of like most of the afternoon was getting all of that figured out while other people on the farm were covering stuff 
uh, and row cover to keep the bugs off of things we planted yesterday. Like all of our kale went in yesterday for the fall. So we plant fall kale and brassicas now. They'll be picked starting in like September, more realistically, probably like late August. Uh, we cover all of that, which takes a long time. And then we put tarps on a lot of beds that were done. So uh, another thing I did today was I took the BCS, which is the track, little walk behind tractor thing I used to use all the time at the farm last year um, with a little mower attachment and mowed down all the salad greens. And that were kind of from beds that needed to be what we call like terminated or, or prepped for future things. So um, when a bed is done and we have enough, I'm also the term, yeah, we, the three of us are terminators together. Um, and when we decide, you know, we kind of look at our field map and our crop schedule and if something is done and has enough time, which is to say five to 10 days or five or more days, we will mow it and tarp it. Um, so I mowed it this morning. We put a tarp on it this afternoon. Um, and it'll be planted into something else next Wednesday. If it's too quick of a turnaround where we're like, this crop is way too dense or, uh, you know, certain things are woodier than others. And we know that it will not break down even with like hot weather. Um, we'll like hand clear, which is what we did with a bed of turnips today. Like you rip them all out by hand, um, more labor intensive, but why, gives... why do you have to rip them out? Aren't you supposed to be selling vegetables? Yeah, this, this is, a. Uh... We, we somehow with crop planning and just the way that the weather was, we have, you know, we everything strategically planned out in succession. And we had four beds of turnips planted every two weeks for the spring and somehow is sizing up like multiple plantings caught each other. And so the past like two weeks, we have been trying to like, we're slinging turnips like crazy. We were like, we harvested literally, uh, I think one week we harvested an actual ton, like 2000 pounds of turnips. Um, it's too many just, turnips. It's too many turnips. And I think the Ann Arbor market was, was fully flooded by our turnips as we were pulling them from the field. And, and one bed essentially, uh, got away from us and we decided, you know, they're past like our quality standard of what we were trying to sell anyone. Most of our gleaning and, uh, uh, food pantry people that we work with, um, had already gotten turnips from us the week before. Yeah, so, really <laughs> so we basically looked at it and said, you know, this bed, no one's going to want these as they are. It's not the end of the world. You know, it's, it's some seed, but it's not like we wasted a ton of time on them. So we pulled them, fed them to the cows, to keep it on the farm. Cows loved them. Cows? We do. Yeah. We have a small, a small, I think, did we, didn't we talk about, didn't we talk about the loose, the loose calf in the last episode? No. Oh, we'll get around to that. I thought that happened. Since I didn't realize what? That happened. Yeah. Cow I got out. Get any animals. Yeah. We have, we do have a herd of cattle that is, Maybe around like 12 or so right now. There's four babies currently. Um, there's like two, two more are supposed to be born in the next cute. month. They're real cute. They're all white with the, the little brown ears. Uh, they're adorable. There were twins. Twins were born. Twin calves, which I've wow. never seen. Um, so we do have – and there's so there's spots on the farm. These cows are moved almost like every three days, like rotationally grazed. And so certain things we pull from the field will dump into the pasture if they're nearby. Sounds like turnips. Um, they do. Yeah, they'll go. They went, they went hard on some turnips, so they were happy about it. So, you know, as one of those things as a farm is like, oh, if you can close circle it, you can keep it on the farm. Yeah, It's a plus. Get so, that poop. Get that poop. Um, we don't even collect their, you know, their poop at all for the fields, um, but it does help their pasture regrow. And that also uh, is they enjoy eating something that isn't just pasture. So, um, fed that to them because that bed had to be planted early next week and we knew it was just not going to be clean enough to to seed into and that was that was today so you know today was like a big what we just call like a field work day where we're mostly doing all these little tasks to kind of keep 
whatever plantings and things, you know, we had looking good. There's days where we do all the planting. I think so. I really like it because this morning it felt like when we don't have crew, which we like, I mean, having crew is incredibly helpful because you can get so much more done. But um, when things like today or when it's just the three of us, there's like a nice ebb and flow of where we're all like, uh, you know, very competent at these different parts of, of production where, you know, John can hop on the tractor and go take care of something. And Sean and I can grab the other tractor and work on something together. And then we split off from each other and Sean spent the rest of the morning, you know, prepping for row covering, which involves moving pallets of sandbags and getting all these things ready for when we had crew. And I was able to like hop on the BCS and go mow something else that it was nice to be like accomplishing so much in a morning because all three of us were, you know, knew what we were doing. And it's nice when you feel like you've got the, the ability to tackle a task, you know, um, in a way that is, you know, entering the quote unquote flow kind of state, you know, to actually, um, so we've been, we've been getting there. I feel like between the three of us, as we kind of have learned what, what it is or what it requires of us. So those days are great. Cause I really like just like how much we can get done. Um, and so then not have we, crew yeah. every day. We usually, what happens is there'll be harvest is like getting bigger and bigger because we're getting into that time of this, the year. So they will usually have almost all crew in the morning, uh, all between the wash pack area where there'll be three to four people in the wash pack processing everything from the field. And then there'll be a harvest crew of like 10 to 12 out in two different teams picking stuff. Um, and which will sometimes join on certain days if they need more help, um, in the morning. But on those days, we're almost always just production team, like in the morning with the three of us. And then we'll usually like, what usually happens is in the afternoon, we start with like two dedicated people on, uh, field work, maybe more joining us. And then, what happens is as the afternoon goes on and all these other managers and people have different like little tasks they're working on as they finish them, they basically like we're all carrying around walkie talkies and they essentially ask who needs help or, you know, between harvest production or nursery or somewhere else in the farm. Um, and then, you know, most often we take them on because the tasks we have could always use another person. So we'll, you know, add them onto whatever production tasks we're doing or split up our team and do more. So on certain days, like on a Friday afternoon, we could end up with 12 people on production, depending on, you know, as everyone kind of wraps up what they're doing. So it can get pretty big. And then on Monday and Wednesday afternoons, we have a weeding team that come that are part-timers that work from one to four on Monday and Wednesday that are strictly there to weed. And so usually we'll have like... Got to be nice. It is very nice. It doesn't like fully keep up on everything on a five acre farm, but it is a definite like makes a dent. It is a keep, yeah. It puts a dent in it and it keeps it down in a way that's like uh, keeps it from being overwhelming ever. So um, that's been really nice. I mean, someone will have to manage them and join them usually. We're just rotating who gets that shift, Um, but that's also kind of a nice like crew addition on two days a week. So we've been, you know, that's kind of how it flows. and it's been working pretty well. I think we you know we, we've felt not overwhelmed yet this year, which is nice. Um, and I think we've kind of like battled our way through the hardest part, which is we had weeks where we're prepping ninety beds for planting, you know, and that's a ton of pulling tarps and weeding and all these things to get it ready. Now we're like very much in a, you know, this day we do this, this day we do this, and it's been been following that pattern pretty closely as we. You know, we're adding in lots of tasks now in the middle of the week because we're trellising tons of different crops on the farm. You know, all of our tomatoes are trellised, all of our peppers, all of our eggplant, 
uh, or cucumbers, all these different things that you do need to now dedicate like more time to for a different task, spraying for pests and things like that. What's the pest situation um, like right now? How many hornworms have you crushed? No hornworms yet this year. Um, we're, we've been fighting earlier this year when we first planted our summer squash and zucchini. Um, like the day we planted them, like the next morning we went out and noticed that they had cucumber beetles on them already, which are these little yellow, black, tiny little beetles, kind of like ladybug sized fly around. They're very annoying, but they carry bacterial wilt and can just kill uh, anything in the cucurbit family, you know, squashes, winter squash, um, things like that uh, really quickly. So we like went out there and noticed them like, ugh, there's not really a good spray for them. They're hard to kill. So we decided that we were going to, the plants were still small and they were on them. So like five people, we swept through the beds on like a murdering rampage. So we were on all fours and like we would just whack the plant and they were all mating at the time. So there's always two attached to each other. So you'd knock Gross. the plant. I know. You'd knock the plant, they'd follow the ground. And then we were just like pinching them, smashing them. And people, we just looked like, we looked, probably looked insane because they don't really leave that much residue. They're like tiny little bugs. It's not like a hornworm. And there were just like five of us. Just like, and we just worked systematically through the bed. And as soon as we finished a bed, um, we would start to cover it with the, like, the row cover. And um, we would actually strategically like work down the bed and people would cover behind us. So all the bugs were ideally like being you'd watch them fly away if you miss them. Um, and so that was our only pest strategy on those cucumber. Did, was, did it work? That seems yeah. incredibly rudimentary. Sure did. Did not think I did not have high expectations. I thought for sure tons of them probably stayed under the cover, but all you really need to do for, I mean, I'm sure they'll succumb eventually to those, the disease and stuff from the pest, but you need to get them past the essentially like their toddler years. These plants are still very fragile when they have a few leaves on them. As soon as they get kind of robust, they can handle a bit more pest damage. So we got them through that phase. We know we started picking squash this week. You know, do I think they'll hold on for a really long time? Probably not because it seems like the pest pressure is pretty high. But yeah, just the old smash technique uh, worked pretty well. And then we got potato beetles, um, Colorado potato beetles, which are really gross. They love potatoes, but also love eggplant. Um, So they've been all over our eggplants. We've been spraying uh, once a week is all for those. Um, it seems to be keeping same thing. You want to like keep the plants healthy enough to get big and then they can kind of withstand a little bit of damage. Um, other than that, it's just, a, we got a woodchuck who seems real hungry. Uh, he made himself a home right in the collard, right in the bed of collards, like straight up in the middle of it. Like his, he enters his, his house surrounded in a forest of collards. So, um, he knew what he was doing and I think he's living a pretty good life. We have not caught him yet. Uh, he's probably like pest number one currently on the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no one's named him yet, but I feel like we should. I don't think I've made, I haven't made eye contact with him yet. I know he's out there cause he's doing damage, but I haven't actually seen him. Um, so those, you know, pest wise, it could definitely be worse. They're all just garter snakes, but I've seen probably four or five, That's which is a lot for here. Like I wouldn't probably... have expected toads have you seen i think about two or three two or three toads okay how many turtles have you seen no turtles no no turtle was farm right now how many rabbits have you seen lots we're thick with rabbits how many with them. squirrels have you seen on the farm i don't think any what how inside many raccoons have you seen <laughs> also zero how many possums have you seen Still on the farm, zero. <laughs> How many bears have you seen? 
There's a game called Zero. There's a game called okay. Sam Knows Sam Knows Animals. Are there, are there any other cool animals that I haven't asked you about? Uh, we have a really like impressive bird population on the farm, like really diverse. Dude, I totally um, forgot birds were an animal. Yeah, that's what happens, I man. Thinking, I didn't even think about <laughs> birds. I forgot birds existed for a second. People always forget about birds. Um, so yeah, there was uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of birds on the farm, um, which there is cool. Is a bird that you see. I don't. Know, I mean, we just have a, we have a couple of hawks that like hang around, which is good because I'm I'm excited about them. Uh, yeah, pulling pulling some of them rabbits out of the field. Um, Getting and they will like. Yeah, yeah, I'd be. You know what? I'd be impressed. It would be a mighty challenge, um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of hawks in the farm. I'm sure there's some other cool ones I'm missing. We have there's cranes early in the season. There were cranes flying over, which seemed fake. It seemed so majestic for Michigan mm-hmm. to see like a, a beautiful all white bird. Um, Do you I hear the Sembrists sure. every time they fly by? No, I don't. <laughs> okay. The uh, I'm sure there's a ton of stories. I we talked about. I briefly mentioned weather like. Uh, yeah, it's not hitch. It's not in the way there? it's bad. Yeah, it's really bad. bad. Um, you know, I think in the past two days, so there's been two waves. There was a wave probably two, three weeks ago. Yeah. Same time that you guys had one. Um, that one was bad and, you know, it made the, but we didn't really affect our work at all. And maybe we just weren't considering it or it never reached the, as bad as we thought it was or as it is now. Um, but this week has been pretty awful. And, uh, you know, I never used to care about what the AQI was, you know, not a thing I ever used to track, but we were sitting in the dangerous, like 225 to 250 for the past three days. Um, so 72 right now here. Yeah. And I think we're getting, I think this is supposed to be like our last night of it, but, um, so that actually did kind of, I mean, other than like, obviously I work outside, so it's going to have an effect, but we, or anything. So they rolled in on Tuesday um, we knew that it was like an air quality alert, but it hadn't really been, I don't know, it wasn't bad enough that we were, any of us were registering it as much other than like, Oh, it's kind of hazy out. Um, and then the next day it was high. It was in like the dangerous category. And we offered people the position the option to opt out for the day and not come into work. Um, you know, anyone that came in was that we were going to take a lot of breaks, try to take it easy. So we worked with like a half crew on Wednesday, which is why planting took all day. And we all farmed in, in you know, can 95 masks the whole day, which was pretty miserable not like an enjoyable way to farm. Um, it was a, it was a long day and today was again, pretty bad. Um, and most people were wearing masks pretty much all day. Um, it didn't like, it, I definitely noticed it a bit on terms of like shortness of breath and kind of like sore throat. Um, mm-hmm. but it's definitely just, it's just been a weird vibe. It was just weird to look around and hazy. have it be as hazy as it is. Um, yeah. It just felt like, and you know, it's been really cool here actually the past couple of days as well with it. So it's just been kind of like a, an ominous, weird uh, thing that I don't ever remember growing up in Michigan having to deal with. Like no. we never really caught wildfire smoke from Canada, at least not in my memory. So oh, it's definitely a memory. So it's a, it was a new experience, you know, and um, it again reminded me like, oh yeah, this is a side effect of working outside that I'm not used to. Like this is a side of, I don't know, farming that I never used to have to register uh, and I'm sure a thing I'll become way more familiar with <laughs> going into the future. Sadly, it's probably true. Yeah, probably true. So, you know, I will take it over tornadoes and all the things I used to complain about in Tennessee. Um, you know, it hasn't been a hundred degrees here, things like that. The one other crazy weather we had was two weeks ago or so. Um, we had some severe thunderstorm warnings and, 
was rolling in right at the end of our day and I actually had a hockey game that night. And I was like, you know what? We're kind of like wrapping up. Things are getting dicey. I'm going to go ahead and leave the farm 15 minutes early to drive east. And I kind of saw it in the rear view as I was leaving. I was like, oh, this is a pretty intense storm. Well, by the time I got to the hockey game, I saw pictures that it had dropped essentially one and a half to like one and a half inch hail, which is huge. That's massive hail. Like, like, you know, ball size. It's, it's, it's pretty damn near close. Yeah. It's, it's probably a little bit smaller than that. Some of the chunks were definitely that big. So any smaller balls than a ping pong ball. (laughs) It's here's the thing. Smallest ball. It's the smallest possible ball. Um, Marble. But, but yeah, and bigger than a marble for sure. Um, But that it dropped hail like that for a few minutes at the farm. And uh, we came back the next day and like, and the storm itself was pretty windy and, and, I had never really seen hail damage, but it is definitely a thing that farms are terrified of because uh, your vegetables are tender, soft, soft little beings. And uh, a lot of your produce is sold based on appearance. Um, It's what people buy things based on. So it definitely made an impact on like all of our kale and our chard and our lettuce, like had just these giant, you know, bullet shotgun holes through it. Um, and most things were covered and we, we had to scrap some stuff. Most of it was still sellable. You try and really chalk it up at the market. Like, ah, you know, support us through this crazy hail damage, you know, still tastes just as good, etc. But it, it dented. I figure out a way to charge more for hail damage. It's rare. Just, yeah. Frost. Yeah. Frost touched. You don't get that yeah. very often. You yeah. know, how often Naturally do you see. Cooled. <laughs> and, and Nate at the farm, he, he did go out and like save a bowl full of it, put it in his freezer. Cause it was just like, he wanted to show everyone the next day. Cause it was just bizarre to see ice this big. Uh, it dented all the plastic on our hoop houses. Like it, it, imagine just like taking your finger and pushing it into plastic. You know, it's like over your chicken or something like that kind of thing to all of our hoop houses um, punctured some holes in some of them, which I think we're going to try and replace using, you know, insurance money for the fact that it ruined some of our structures like that. And yeah, just weird things you never would have thought like dented our tarps, you know, like the tarps laying on the ground in the field have holes and dents in them. Same thing. Um, so that was another new one for me. I, and there were farms nearby that lost a good portion of their field crops to just how hail, like just it just shredded it essentially. So do you all carry insurance for things like that? I on equipment, I understand, but what about like crops? I think at the farm, they do not do crop specific or anything. I think when I was asking Nate about damage from the hail he said the main thing that they would be able to do a claim on was the the hoop houses so the structures themselves are insured uh, and equipment and things like that as well but yeah in terms of individual crops or like field damage i don't think you know some farms will have flood specific insurance that could help cover damage like that but um you know i'm sure there's going to be some interest in it from farms around here now after what happened because you lose 50% of your crops in your field, especially if they're longer term crops. That's a that's a lot of the money you were relying on. So um, yeah, that was a, that was a pretty crazy, uh, a crazy experience as well. So, you know, it's not Tennessee farming, but it's definitely throwing some like weird weather challenges that uh, sure. I don't think I would have anticipated at all going into this season, but um, yeah. they feel easier to uh, no pun intended weather when you're just like, uh, and, and a more enjoyable climate in general. And, yeah. you know, there's still destruction, but it's not quite uh, what it could have been. So, yeah, plenty of other things going on. Lots happening. Uh, oh. I don't know if you have another farm. I did. Yeah, we, we tackled a cow. Uh, oh, yeah, I threw that the out cow there. Situation. 
We um, so we move them every day or pretty often, and, and Nate usually does it himself. Kind of moves them from one pasture to the next. It goes around the outside of the farm. Um, there's tons of pasture, and there's four new calves this year at the time of this. And we were he was moving them. I was out there nearby actually when he was doing it, and we were kind of counting the calves as they went by. I'm like, oh, the newest one, born literally five days before, less than five days before, wasn't out that we we didn't see it anywhere. He's like, oh man, must have may may have gotten out somewhere. I'm gonna go look for it. So I went about what I was doing. And we all, again, we all have walkies and Nate finally said, he walked everybody and said, Hey, like there's a calf that's out. I found it. going to try and slowly work it back to the rest of the herd. Um, you know, is anyone available to help? And so me and two other guys on the production team, like, we're like, yeah, we're not, you know, we can split off. We'll help. And we essentially like it turned into like an all like this calf is fast as hell, man. It's probably weighs Why like 70. Want to be with his family. I thought they're herd animals. They are, but I think probably just got a little got a little lost exploring, and then discovered they were all gone and didn't know where to go. <laughs> and so, luckily, the whole farm is fenced in with deer fencing. And this calf is like sprinting along the deer fence. Um, we're kind of like you know the thing with cows and animals like this is you stay far away and you just want to kind of guide them in a direction. Well, we had it kind of up close to a fence. We were trying to pin it against the fence or get it close to the fence so that someone could grab it if we needed you to carry it. Uh, carry it and they were trying to find out if it was a bull or not or if it was a boy because if so you want to castrate it which doesn't it sounds gross it's not it's usually they do the rubber band method which is kind of gross and the uh i don't i have so how it works what the rubber band method is i think i know what you're saying you just like you uh band it and just leave it and it falls off or something yeah it cuts off blood flow and it atrophies essentially but it's <sighs> it's way better than cutting it you know in terms of like uh, you know, infection, things like that. So, have you have um, touched any bull balls? I, I have not touched any bull balls. Um, I'm <laughs> not sure if I ask. <laughs> the so I he, Nate was saying that, like, if we catch it, like, I want to check to see if it's a boy. I haven't even had a chance to really interact with like this calf to see. It's a lot harder when they get bigger, obviously, because you want more cow to fight. Um, you know, they, they might on their balls, <laughs> more sense of ownership over their balls. They do not want that experience. Yeah. And so we, we like kind of like getting it pinned over there and it turned and I'm in like, I'm in one of the crop fields that has like giant kale seed plants in front of me and the calf comes sprinting through it and it splits me and Sean. Like I was not able to dive and tackle it. So then it was like, then it was like all hell broke loose and four of us went flying to try and like get it herded to somewhere else out of the field. So we got out of the fields, got into a corner and finally it was getting tired. You could just tell. And like Sean dove for it and tackled it and kind of missed and slid off and then got back up and ran after it more as like me and another guy were closing in. And finally Sean tackled it and is you know laying on top of it. And it's like bucking like crazy. It's tiny, but it's so strong. Um, and so Sean's like laying on top of it, kind of like holding it there covered in cow shit in the pasture. And um, we're in like one pasture over from where they moved from. Well, when we moved them over, we went in the panic of everything. We didn't like close it off so they could come back towards us if they wanted to, the rest of the cows and with all the hubbub and this calf kind of freaking out all the cow and Nate ran to go get the stuff for castrating this bull. Like, he's like, Oh yeah, it's a boy. I need to go get the rubber bands real quick. Like he drove off really fast in the gator and me, Sean and this other farmer, they're standing there and uh, all the cows sprint over towards us, which is, as we've talked about, I've been not, I've been knocked over by a cow. We talked yeah, about this cows story before. Are huge and it's scary and horrible. They're massive. There is one bull with big horns. Um, the moms are all, you know, pregnant and or just gave birth, so very protective They're of their mad children. Body slamming their son. What of yeah? One of us is laying on top of their son. 
And so they all come flying over. And so me and the other farmer who's not laying on top of the calf are trying to like keep them to one side so they don't circle Sean. So you do not want to be behind a cow because boy, can they kick and they kick hard. So we're like, they're all like, the mom is like, like a head on Sean's shoulder, just like sitting there watching him do this. And uh, Sean's just like laying there. And finally, Nate came back and uh, with two, most of the cows left, a few of them watching over us, we <laughs> castrated the calf and got it moved over there. But it was just like, I was prepared to witness Sean get, tra- or all of us get trampled by the cows as they sprinted over because a full size, a full size cow is like a thousand pounds. Um, so that was just like a, a random morning for a, a moment of heroism. And it sounds like mostly you stood near some cows. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, all I did was I just played fence, man. I was a human fence post. Okay. Um, I, I think given the opportunity, I would have tackled the cow, Sam, but it was outside my range the one time I had a chance yeah. to go for it uh-huh. or body checked a cow. One of the two. Yeah. Um, no, I was not, I'm not, I'm not the hero of this story. I'm just here to tell the story as tell, I saw tell it. Tell the tale. Tell the tale. Um, so yeah, the, there are cows on the farm. They do occasionally get out. Uh, the calves are real cute. Uh, I'll, I'll keep you updated if I have to tackle any animals. Please. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, I think I think that's far the farm as it as is uh, currently. Uh, I dominated this episode. Sorry about that. It's okay. I have one more quick question. What is yep. the most handsome piece of vegetable that you've harvested so far? Most handsome piece of vegetable. I'll tell you what. I uh, we started picking celery this week. Yeah, that's a, first off pretty satisfying harvest. Is it satisfying? Uh, it's satisfying to chop like in a kitchen. Is it satisfying to harvest? Yeah, you don't get the same crunch factor because you don't get to cut through the stems. Yeah. But you you basically pull back the you know, coming out of the ground this giant stalk. How the hell the, does you know, celery grow? What's it look like? I mean, just literally take the celery plant if it's all uh-huh. together. The next time you buy celery, it's all connected, and there's a giant flat part of the bottom that is like flush to the soil. So it oh. comes straight up as like, like a fire you know, all these all these fronds. Yeah. And you pull it back and you cut through that, that okay. main stem, uh, not cutting too high or it'll just unfold into a bunch of random celery stalks. And <laughs> embarrassing. it's so embarrassing. <laughs> you cut, you cut too high. Um, and we were cutting and harvesting those this week and that's a handsome vegetable. You know, it looks real good, really satisfying, pretty satisfying thing to pick. Um, that's cool. and we've been growing, we've been growing some, uh, some 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 darn good looking fennel. I don't love the way the fennel tastes mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. um, but also pretty goofy, handsome looking vegetable. So we've been, I think we've been killing it in terms of of handsome vegetables. Nice. Happy for those so those that don't those that don't, they should be following the farm. We post pictures of our handsome vegetables on the farm. Oh, I need to be following. Yeah, go go follow Green Things Farm. You'll find a picture about four pictures ago of a handsome gentleman holding a bunch of kale. Does that me. happen to be you? It would happen to be me. They were like, we need a kale model. And I was caught nearby. <laughs> and it became me. So kale sales, probably up, I'm guessing. Probably I'm assuming we're moving. Way probably up. so up. Oh, yeah. You look, you, um, look like a, you look like a proud dad. Do I? Yeah, I feel like a proud dad. Son. You're holding up your yeah. son. Like, look at my baby. Look at my baby kale. It's about the size of a newborn. Look at that bunch. That's a handsome bunch of kale. And a handsome farmer. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, that's that's. I'll keep you updated as that changes. Um, I'm not sure who's going to usurp the throne of most handsome vegetable. Uh, Probably with some of those carrots. <sighs> well, we are. About to, we're going to start picking carrots next week, and as the as, 
That's as the person who direct seeded those carrots, I'm pretty excited to see these carrots come out of the ground. Look out for rabbits. Yeah. Just chewing on them. Uh, We do have lots of rabbits, so they probably are already out there chomping on. Honestly, his thing about carrots like or rabbits, like the carrot tops, not so much the bottoms, as they would have you think, you know. From watching Bugs Bunny. Uh, Exactly. Bugs is I mean he's eating the good side, but most bunnies are are gonna eat the greens. Maybe it's because they don't that's because they they don't know how to pull them out. Don't got they don't got little fingers. Um, true. but yeah, <laughs> so anyways, what about you? What happened to you? You were, uh, you came back from, uh, New Zealand last time we talked yeah. and we thought you were turning to around. Supposed to, go, supposed to, to go to Sweden. What I, happened? Uh, went, I, well, I went to Dulles to fly to Sweden. Well, to fly to Amsterdam from, from there, I was going to fly to Stockholm and from Stockholm to fly to Visby. It was going to be sweet. I was going to go give a talk at a video game conference and I sat on the plane, uh, in a Scandinavian Airlines plane on at the gate in Dulles, and it was just hour after hour of us not leaving because there was a broken indicator uh, of some sort, a broken fuel indicator in the cockpit. And they can't fly if they don't know how much fuel is in the, the plane. So they spent hours trying to fix it, and then eventually they couldn't fix it, so they made us get off the plane. They just straight up canceled the flight. Which, in theory, is fine. They put me on another flight the following day. However, because I was getting to this like tiny little village called Visby, there aren't many flights to Visby. It just didn't work out to get me there in time to do my talk. Like there was just no way to to get there in time. Yeah. So Physi- physically up, impossible. <laughs> straight up, did not go, uh, and I just did my talk uh, virtually online, which was a super bummer because. Pretty excited to go to Sweden. Although part of me was glad to have uh, the simplicity of not having to travel a bunch that weekend. It was Memorial Day weekend. It was my anniversary on that Monday. So it was a much chiller time than it would have been otherwise. Um, So it is what it is. I've had bad luck with travel the last, last couple of weeks. I had that. And then just last couple of days, I flew to Salt Lake City through Chicago my flight to Chicago got diverted to St. Louis because of storms, storms, and, we ran out yeah. of fuel, and we had to stop in St. Louis to fill up. Then we flew from St. Louis to Chicago and then to Salt Lake. And then on my flight from Chicago back to DC on the return storms again, and we got diverted to Dulles and I was supposed to fly into Reagan. At least we were in the right city this time. However, lots of planes got diverted to Dallas, so there was nowhere to park. So we sat on the runway for like 90 minutes until we could get to a gate. <sighs> then I had to get home from Dallas, which is just never fun. So it's been – I think maybe I need to not fly for a little bit, um, he says, as he gets ready to get on a flight on Saturday to go to Cape Cod. But we'll see. That's a fun one. That'll be a, that'll be a joy trip. Maybe it'll go better. Hopefully. Hopefully. What's, um, what, was the, what was the Salt Lake City – I feel like you literally touched down, turned around, and came back. I was just there Would for you? a day. Okay. I was there work. Alistair and I uh, wanted to spend a day basically putting a bow on the project we've been working together on since for the last six months. So we figured let's ha- – he came to D.C. earlier on the project, so I kind of owed him a trip to Salt Lake. So I went up to Salt Lake. We spent an entire day doing a retro and pulling together all the different material that we built uh, for this project and could – put it into a form that we could give back to the ready. That would be useful to other projects. Yeah. Uh, so it was a good use of our time. Once I finally got there, it's just the travel there and back was horrible. I, 
I it's my own fault. I should have just flew direct from Dulles on Delta, but because I'm an American boy and I want to get those frequent flyer miles, I'm like, it's not a big deal. I'll fly to Chicago first and then to Salt Lake. I'll fly on American. I don't have to drive to Dulles. I'll go right from Reagan. Piece of cake. Bada boom. Bada bing. No. No. Always do direct, even if it's not with your preferred airline, because layovers, connections Garbage. are the worst. They're weak so, points. That's, that's they're all they are. Weak points, weak points in the system. Um, yeah. So then, yeah, the other just major thing is that we finished this project that I've been working on since January, um, either halftime or full-time. I had a couple of months of full-time earlier this year. The rest were halftime on this project. Uh, so we finished that. It's officially done as of last Friday, um, which means I currently don't have a client project that I'm working on. And then the other percent of my time was that. So you're useless. You're just I am dead weight. Tits on a bull. Um, but what I'm doing with the other half of my time is, um, we're doing, basically I have this new role called partnership explorer, uh, trying to figure out potential partnerships or actual partnerships that the ready should pursue, um, that are not typical sorts of engagements. So I'm spending half of my time doing some of that work. What's what's that look like? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. What's that look like? Um, there's a couple of, so basically we get interesting things kind of fall into our lap from time to time, but traditionally we haven't had anybody who has the time or inclination to like figure them out because they're not straightforward things that already have known processes. Like it's a uh, lots of conversations and figuring out like, what could we actually do here? So the role is partially the, to, to hold and, and figure those out. So we had a couple of those in flight where now I'm having regular conversations with other organizations about how we can potentially do things together that is beneficial for both of us. And then I'm trying to use some of that time to just think from a, kind of first principles um, sort of way about, all right, well, what partnerships should we be pursuing? If we want to have, you know, given our strategy is X, well, what are the partnerships that will help us actually accomplish that? And how can we start to build those relationships? I'm trying to figure figure that out. Um, and then the other thing new as of a couple of weeks ago, we're, we have this new um, offering called the Future of HR. It's this like very specific sort of consulting mm-hmm. offering. And as part of it, we're doing uh, a m- podcast mini series, um, the Brave New Work podcast that Rodney and Aaron do. It's been on, hi- on hiatus now for a little while, but we're going to do a mini series. Rodney's doing a mini series, and I'm joining as the co host yeah. for that. So that's why I have this fancy new mic. And I'm mm-hmm. recording. We've recorded four episodes of that so far, uh, which will come out later this summer. That's why you have the new podcast voice that you're using. That new podcast voice. Hey, Max, how are you? This is how I talk the whole time. That's no, terrible. It's not, it's not at all. It's a lot like a lot like this. My role, I don't really know a lot about the content, so I'm mostly there to like ask questions and um, riff Hype. and be sassy. Nice. That's a good yeah. role for you. That sounds yeah, fun. So sassy. It sounds time. like it sounds like you don't have to do a lot of. Uh, pre-work before you get to the episode you can't show up and ask questions yeah mostly mostly (laughs) you're just kind of there at podcasts with uh no pre-work uh yeah see this podcast (laughs) and every podcast i've ever done yeah you don't need you don't want to put the work in it's it takes away from the fun vibe that we bring type a different type of work yeah mostly unbuttoning your shirt (laughs) yeah too bad this is a video podcast 
it's good that it isn't. It's good that it isn't. Well, so it's, it's debatable. Some would say. Uh, other than those work things, uh, any triathlons coming up? You got your camp, right? You got your triathlon camp. I did that. that. I already, I already did that. Yeah, triathlon better swimmer, couple, better boy. A couple weeks ago, definitely got some more open water swim experience, which was cool. A couple of long bike rides. Um, always, yeah, I always really enjoy going out there to St. Michael's, Maryland. Uh, great roads for riding. The best place to open water swim. Like I've said before, like it's this big bay when it's at when the tide um, when the tide is in, uh, it, the water comes up basically to your chest. So for like a mile and a half, and you can just stand up anytime you want to, and you're totally fine. I saw a big uh, school of stingrays uh, while that's we were cool. there. That's where those were. Oh, that's those. Yeah. I saw those stingray pics. I thought those were Cape Cod. I didn't realize those were. No, no, that was uh, Chesapeake, uh, Chesapeake Bay area. And then uh, triathlon next Olympic is at the end of this month. Going to Cape you're coming here Saturday. Yeah, September is the the big one. So I'm dealing with a little bit of a hip flexor injury right now. So we'll see if I actually do the the, um, the triathlon at the end of this month. I'm uh, I'm not running right now um, to see if I can kind of recover uh, this. It's not horrible, uh, but I'm trying to be smart and like actually make it better before it becomes horrible so we'll see what are you doing instead just biking and swimming biking and swimming yeah nice you won't forget how to run you'll be fine uh i mean i won't be fine but it'll be okay i mean i'm not gonna like <laughs> yeah right it's not like i'm gonna forget how to run it's yeah. it's just i'll just be slower than i already am that's fine exactly as long as that dignity is intact you're good oh i haven't had dignity in a long time uh, I thought your whole idea was finished with dignity. So now it's finished I mean, and, and gain some, dig- and and gain some dignity. <laughs> yeah. Find some dignity along the way. <laughs> along the way. <laughs> Pick it up on that's the side nice. of the road. That's motivational. That's like, encouraging. Yeah. Well, cool beans. Cape Cod yeah. vacation. That's all. What? Cape Cod's just vacation. Yeah. Kicking it back. Two weeks in Cape Cod. First week. Um, I mean, we're gonna be at Emily's parents' house the whole time. They're gonna be there for the first week, and then they are going to, I think, Ireland for the second week. We're gonna house it, so second week will be solo. Uh, I'm gonna rent a bike as I have the last couple of years, ride my bike a lot, and then hopefully this time I really want to do some open water swimming while I'm there. So hopefully the sharks stay away. Emily's gonna get into a kayak and come along with me. I'm gonna bring my buoy, and I'm gonna hopefully do a little swimming. Is is Emily? I know Emily and the kayak is probably to like make sure you don't drown. Is it also to to give the shark something else to think about? I mean, sure that, or just make me more visible to boats. Oh, that's nice too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you ever well, thought about also, wearing like a really tall hat? A really tall hat. I mean, that's kind of what a, <laughs> what a buoy is. So I'm going to be towing a buoy behind me. It's going to be very bright orange. So, yeah. and I'm going to be wearing a bright green uh, swim cap. Yesterday, Max, when I went to the pool, I tore my swim cap in half as I tried to put it on my head. I got, you've gotten so strong. <laughs> Triathlons have changed you. Or chlorine really does a number on rubber over two years. Yeah, like what? That could be it. You also could, could have gotten be. strong. Did it feel powerful or did it feel no. silly? Because <laughs> it also it also can come across as you just having a big old melon can't even yeah fit big old got those brain gains i mean what it really meant was that i had the perfect excuse not to swim because i never want to swim <laughs> so i just sat in the hot tub instead <laughs> nice you might never replace yeah. that cap <laughs> no, i got new ones now so 
All right, let's be, call it yeah. here. Sounds good. I uh, we look forward to hearing about your uh, your your open water swim, your shark encounters, or lack thereof. Hopefully, yep. Yep. Um, other cool fish though would be encouraged if you see cool I'll fish. Look out. Cool birds. I don't know. You know, let's just try and bring yeah, yeah. back a fun a fun animal that we've seen since then. Your, your odds are your odds are better than mine. Yeah, there's a very limited things that I can see on the farm, but you never know. Hmm. All right. Well, good luck tackling cows. Thank you. Good luck tackling sharks. All right. <laughs> Thank you.